freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 214 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our show today is Gun for Hire. And our guest today is Anthony Calandro. Absolutely. Anthony is an NRA board member and the EVP of New Jersey State NRA Association. He's also the host of the hit radio show, Gun for Hire, with more than one million listeners <laughs> nationwide. Anthony is also the owner of Gun for Hire Range, New Jersey's leading training facility and indoor gun range. Anthony has been an aggressive, outspoken 2A defender for over 36 years in the tough New Jersey battleground, and he has helped defeat legislative attacks on Second Amendment constitutional rights. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have nothing else to do during the lockdown, and this was the highlight of my week, you inviting me on your show. <laughs> Well, it's the highlight for me too, honestly, because I mean, I, you are legendary, of course, for so many reasons. And um, we got to meet in person for the first time just a little over a year ago, or a little under a year ago, at the Second Amendment rally on the grounds of the, the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and um, I, ever since then, I've been, you know, meaning to connect and have you on. So this is a super huge treat uh, for us. And I am, I'm not, I'm not happy that you're still on lockdown, on such strict lockdown in New Jersey. But if it affords us this time, I'm, that's a silver lining. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, our, our governor is holding us ransom until he gets federal bailout money. So he's going to keep us locked down until he gets five to $15 billion from the federal government. So this is where we're at. Wow. And you're not joking. That is, that no, is I'm a not real joking. thing. Correct. You might be there for a while. Yep. I think uh, we're going to be here for a while, but uh, even the Democrats are starting to attack him now. So I see some chinks in the armor. So okay. and uh, I think we might see some change. Well, that's good. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I believe it was your gov governor who said in an interview with, um, I forget the, the host, but on Tucker one of the- Carlson. Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Carl, he said, you know, I didn't consider the Bill of Rights when I made certain decisions. He said and that on the news? Right yeah. out of his mouth. And he, then he said, it's, it, all of that is above my pay grade. I'm, yep. I'm sorry, what? Wait a minute. He's a governor. Didn't he uh, have to swear to this thing, the Constitution, uh, when he went into office? Evidently not. He told Tucker Carlson it's above his pay grade, uh, the Bill of Rights. So because he's written so far 151 executive orders, 151 in three and a half months. Wow. Yes. That's, I mean, we have to just kind of, you know, catch our breath after hearing that. So he thinks that he was elected in order to rule rather yes. than to serve, clearly. Yes? I call him King. I call him King Philip. His name is Phil Murphy. I refer to him as King Philip. I am so sorry that that is where uh, you guys are in your state. And there, but by the grace of educated voters, go all of us. And so maybe another silver lining in all of this is, as you said, even people in his own party are starting to go, okay, wait, th too much. This is enough. So maybe the next time they get a chance to vote, they're going to remember this, maybe? The, the biggest concern with both parties 
is re-election is in November for everybody but the governor, and they're concerned about their campaign contributions. Mm. So they're being, ah, yeah, so they're being hit in the wallet. I posted something on, in, on social media across the board. Any politician who didn't stand up to these unconstitutional lockdowns, do not ask me for a dime come election time. I will not give it to you. I will mail them back their paperwork with a picture of the governor in it. I like it. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So among the things that we want to talk about while we have this time with you is the idea that the gun community in general, you know, kind of stepping away from the politics, stepping away from the COVID issue right this exact minute, um, people are saying all the time to us, and, and when they say it to me, it's always a little bit laughable, but they're like, you know, there's just no diversity in the Second Amendment community. And, you know, I'm like, well, so what diversity are you talking about? Because I personally see a lot of diversity in, you know, diversity of thought, diversity of philosophy, diversity of the use of the tools, diversity of, of who I am as a human being and how I look. You know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the Betty Crocker of the Second Amendment movement, right? So I'm like the polka dots are my camo lady. And um, I think I see a lot of diversity in our community. What, what is it like in your experience? So um, my range is 14 miles from Manhattan. We're right behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so on any given day when my range is open, it looks like a cross between Noah's Ark and the United Nations. There's, <laughs> there's, there's pretty much every size, shape, and color in this range. I absolutely and, love it. And But 40 years of media indoctrination and socialist indoctrination, people come in and they expect us all to look like the cast of Duck Dynasty. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so my job as a Second Amendment advocate is when I have these new shooters come in, whether it's couples nights or tourists or whatever, not every one of them when they leave is going to go out and buy a gun and join all the 2A groups. But if I could let them leave here neutral to our cause, I consider that a win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we welcome everybody here. Now, I've been attacked personally by the left media. I'm racist, sexist, misogynist. This is every ism out there. And if you, if you knew me in my 59 years, you'd know it's the exact opposite. They just try to cherry pick little things. But we welcome everybody. Uh, so talking about diversity, you're also friends with Tony Simon. And when he, approached me, when he approached me four years ago and he had an idea of running a diversity shoot, my response was, okay, pick a night, the range is yours. And he's been doing them every other month for the past four years. And we donate stuff and we get sponsors and everything because I want that big tent. You know, we're not an old fashioned little gun club that I learned where to shoot, where everybody kind of looked the same and thought the same. It's different today. And we want to appeal to everybody. You know, women were a huge market for a bunch of years. Now I'm seeing more alternate lifestyle. I'm seeing more people of color coming in to shoot. Well, as a capitalist, the only color I see is green. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and when people ask me my political views, I'm a libertarian leaning towards anarchy. <laughs> and Yes. And as a libertarian, what you do in the privacy of your own home and what I do is your business. As long mm -hmm. as it doesn't affect me personally. So my staff, myself, we're trained for that. So we get people come in all the time and we treat everybody the same. And that's one of the reasons why I'm the largest, busiest range in the country, uh, because we have that big tent and I'm constantly pitching the two-way unity and activism, you know, within the gun people and, and educating them. And that's my job because the media has it differently. Now, during this pandemic, people are, I had someone call me up and say, I want to rent a gun. I'm like, well, we're closed right now. He goes, well, I, I want to rent it and bring it home until the civil unrest is done. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, and now we're getting hit with people. How do I buy a gun? How do I train? Open those doors, open the floodgates. Let's get everybody in here. The press will continue to suppress it. I had Leslie Stahl here on a Sunday with, believe it or not, Rachel Maddow. Oh, they were wow. shooting. Yeah, you can Google the, 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 she came here and shot ARs and Glocks, Rachel Maddow. And we had, a, it was a Sunday afternoon and we had people wearing yarmulkes and Spanish and black and white and green and blue. And Leslie Stahl says to me, she goes, I can't believe how many normal people come here. <laughs> you know, that's, taking it at face value. Yeah, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, duh, but yeah, well, okay. But, Thanks for noticing. She, <laughs> she thought there was going to be banjos, 
flannel, camouflage, <laughs> suspenders, summer teeth, you know, some over here, some over there. That's in and- the back room, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we have to keep changing that narrative. Yeah. We can't turn people away. We have to change that narrative. We have to make them feel comfortable. I don't know how any business today could, could survive without diversity. If you didn't have every color, every type of person come into your business and you alienate anyone, you're not going to have a successful business. Correct. Dan, I had three African-American women come in to shoot one night. On their way out, they looked like they were going out to dinner, dressed to the nines. And I said, did you guys have a good time? Yes. How did you find out about us? The one girl goes, well, I came here last week with my fiance. I had such a good time. I convinced my girlfriends to come. So now I went in my office later and screamed because there's no better testimonial than that. The second girl, I asked her, I said, so was everything good? Did you have a good time? She goes, yeah. She goes, you guys weren't as fat as I thought you would be. <laughs> and so now we're fat. We're yes. old, well, we're bearded, we wear camo. Right. No, right. You're we right. summer right. teeth. That's a new phrase for me. Yes. I'm stealing it. <laughs> you can have it. And but we're right fat. Again, we, you guys right. weren't as fat as I thought. That's the media narrative. But think about this. 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, a gun shop was two fat old men, and that's the way it was, and no women in the store. Correct. And, and how big of fools we were mm. for not realizing that women influenced the whole family. If a woman right. likes a gun in the house, then you can have all the guns you want. <laughs> if you keep the woman away from it, you got to fight every time you buy a gun, right? Correct. Correct. So diversity, man, that's the key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's our it. future. And it's fun. You know, I enjoy uh, talking to people different than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm learning from it. It's fun. I, I, it's, it's not the same old thing, you know? It's, it's cool. It's exciting. It's like, I love it. So diversity, that's the key. Well, and we, uh, with our shop, AZ Firearms, uh, we were, you know, we were allowed love that word, allowed to be open throughout this entire COVID uh, thing. And actually what I say is uh, the truth is we are essential just because uh, the powers that be deemed us that uh, thank you for agreeing with reality. Um, You know, we don't owe them any specific favors for doing that, but um, we have sold more guns to first time previously afraid of guns, against guns, people that we ever have. And truly, it's been an incredible honor for us to have, uh, you know, helped people to make that important decision. Because we say we've never sold a gun in our lives. We are a service-oriented company, and we're just helping people to find the tool that, that fits their life the best. And sometimes what they find out is the tool doesn't, they're not ready. And that's cool too, right? Correct. 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 Yeah. We've seen a huge influx in messages and stuff and we're getting ready to gear up all beginner classes, the NRA basic pistol rifle and shotgun now because what what, I think 3.7 million new NICS checks since this pandemic started and then all the civil unrest that followed it. So it's, uh, it's good if the people go out and embrace it and train. And then, you know, I know you're going to be talking about the next thing is, but joining two way organizations and refrain right. from the infighting. Yes, yes, we give them all the information and we try to encourage them, please don't just take this gun home and put it in the drawer, learn to use it. And I would say about 25% of the people are brand new. So you have a gun range. Do you also sell guns at your range? Yes, we do. And our gun store was closed by the King of New Jersey for the first two weeks. We threatened the lawsuit uh, and then he let it, allowed them to open. So yes, we have we have a gun store and a gun range. Yes. So you can. So is your range open now? Range is not open. We're we're scheduled to open June twenty second. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you leaned into the next topic that it's uh it's been one that that I've um you know leaned into a few times on this show. I call it sibling rivalry. You call it infighting. Right. And so we have these different uh, Second Amendment groups where, you know, supposedly, I mean, I think we're all shoulder to shoulder. We're, we're leaning into uh, protecting and defending the same article in the Bill of Rights, the same amendment in the Bill of Rights. And somehow we, you know, we end up squabbling with each other. Now, if I'm a new gun owner and I'm looking in on this big family fight, 
I'm not feeling like joining so much, right? So, so maybe, maybe we need to figure out how to play nicer amongst ourselves. What, what do you say about all that? See, I don't care who gets credit as long as we get it done, but egos step in and donations. Mm. Uh, I belong to every major 2A group, life member mm-hmm. of most of them, mm-hmm. and I, from Second Amendment Foundation all the way down to NRA, and then I belong... Obviously, I'm the vice president of the state NRA. I belong to that, a life member. And we have two smaller Second Amendment groups, uh, uh, NJ2AS and CNJFO. I'm members of both of those organizations. And at times, we're at odds, corporate-wise, over who's taking credit or who's going to do what. But I belong to them all, and I've had them all on my podcast Uh, because I believe we all should have a voice. And, you know, you look at it like a hammer and an anvil. I look at the NRA as the anvil, and I look at the other two A groups as the hammer. You know, the the, the NRA is a bigger, slower machine. Listen, you can't replace the NRA with the infrastructure for lobbying and lawsuits. Mm -hmm. But but you have the Second Amendment Foundation that's Mm -hmm. there, and you have GOA, and you have Firearms Policy Coalition. They're all doing different things. Mm -hmm. So for $30 here, $40 here, $30 here, for $150 a year, you can belong to all of the organizations, including your state organization, Mm -hmm. and and spread it around and be educated, and you get their daily emails or newsletters or whatever. So stop the infighting. Let's just get it done. And I have- it's hard, especially once I became an NRA board member, the attacks ramped up even more from other groups and stuff. But you know what? I'm, I'm above that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I keep my eyes on the prize. I've been in a battleground state for 59 years. For us, holding the line is considered a big win. Some of these other people take it for granted. You know, when you see these states flipping uh, to blue now, I would love to have saved all the emails and social media messages from people telling me, vote with your feet. You know, who would have thought Virginia would have flipped, mm. right? Oh, yeah. what if I had moved to Virginia? I'm sorry, but I like New Jersey. My parents are still here, my, ba- my, my business, and I like 24-hour diners. We have that in New Jersey. You don't have that in Arizona. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm staying and fighting. Well, we have McDonald's. <laughs> you don't have 24-hour Greek diners, no. Dan. Sorry. No, we don't. And, and you know what? We need that. So <laughs> let's too. start petitioning. <laughs> we need to unite. I, I love it, which is our, our right. next topic we're going to get to. But, um, you know, that, that is so interesting. I, I had posted something on my social media recently about, you know, some, something happening here in Arizona. I can't remember what it was. And I think it was the president of the NJ2AS uh, who he, he wrote one word as a reply. He goes, or, or he said, so move. And, or it's two uh. words, so move. And so I, I know he was saying it as a tongue in cheek yeah. because he hears that all the time. Oh, yep. things get rough. Just leave. Well, if everybody leaves, then as you said, the place they go to, it's going to end up a mess too. So we, we are patriots. We are uh, dedicated to protecting and preserving uh, what our founding fathers and mothers fought, bled, starved, and died to secure for us. I was just and thinking. just moving is, uh, that's not for us. I was, nope. I, was just, I was just thinking, this isn't above my pay grade. Could I be the governor of New Jersey? <laughs> yes, you can. We will anoint you the next time okay. you come to New Jersey. Okay. All right. That's fantastic. But he'll be like full autos for all. Oh, so, yeah. you know. Of course it would be. We can't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll fix that. We'll fix that. All right. So, so the the unity part um, of this whole message in this whole world, you know, if we have diversity, even if we do have some infighting, um, there are things that we are definitely unified on. Um, what what would you say about that particular topic? You know, we we have to have a common ground. This is still the greatest experiment in the world, this country. You know, my grandparents, all four of them came here as immigrants to make a better life for their kids. And then me as a, as a grandchild here. And uh, again, as a big tent, look beyond the infighting. Keep the tent big. Welcome people. You know, we talk on my radio show all the time. Each one, reach one. Mm. 
take somebody to the range that's never been to a range before. Bring them to a range that you know is clean and female and family friendly. You know, don't bring them to, for lack of a better term, Bubba's bait and tackle out in the middle of the woods or in an outdoor range or something. Make it comfortable for them. The more people we immerse in it, you know, so many people I've introduced over the years to shooting that were on the fence that after they shot were on our side of the fence. And then I do the, you know, the Jedi mind trick. You must join the NRA. You must join the NRA. You know, a little bit at a time, dropping the bombs, you know, like, oh, you own an old Corvette and you belong to the Corvette Owners of America Association. So why don't you belong to the NRA? Oh, never thought about it. So that's what we have to do and look beyond that you know as an nra board member when i post stuff an nra win or a victory i'll get a hundred comments join the goa fdnra this thing okay whatever can't we all just get a couple of good wins together pat ourselves on the back and then we could go bare knuckle fight somewhere later on let's win yeah. a case in this there's 10 course 10 cases before the supreme court right now that's my focus there's mm -hmm. 10 Second Amendment cases that they, again, today, they defer to next week. This is the fifth week they pushed it out. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. And there's NRA and SAF cases and FPC cases all sitting up there. They all made it through the funnel to, got to get to the U.S. Supreme Court. That's what we should be focused on. Listen, we can't sway our legislators anymore. All of our legislators should wear NASCAR-style jackets with patches of their sponsors, General Motors, Monsanto, whatever it may be. No American flag on it. Mm -hmm. Bloomberg has bought and sold most of that. He owns them all. All we have left is the judicial branch. Mm -hmm. Trump can't do anything. It has to go through the assembly and the Senate for him to sign it. That's not going to happen. They're all golfing together and then attacking each other in public. We have a two-party political system in this country, us and them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's well said. It really is. And, you know, something that people forget all the time is how, how little the federal can actually do and how much can be done at the state level. And so I appreciate that you are also talking about, you know, your state organization. We have the AZCDL here in Arizona. Great the, organization. Oh, they are fantastic. If we didn't have them, we would probably be looking like California right now. Great organization. Yeah, I, I give them all the credit for the fact that we have the freedoms that we still do have here in Arizona. Um, and so in New Jersey, you said that the NJ2AS and what was the other one? CNJFO, Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. And the big one is ANJRPC. By the way, a good friend of mine, Todd Rathner, lives in Tucson, Arizona, yep, NRA yep. board member. Yep. And I'm very good friends with Doug and Sue Ritter from KnifeRights.org, which I am a life member of KnifeRights as well. Because I'm yes. also, a, I'm a degenerate knife collector too, Dan. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. And, and all amazing people. And the, the thing about knife rights, since you bring them up, is, you know, it's keep and bear arms. Right? Yes. yes. It's not just guns. They've done so much work in mostly all the states and have been fighting in New York with Cyrus Vance against the auto assist flicking knife law. They're, they're, they're phenomenal people. They never stop working and I love them to death. Okay. So you're lucky you're out there in Arizona with uh, some good people. You bet. In Arizona, okay. you can have a switchblade. Yep. Not no. New Jersey. Yeah. So I, I was telling Cheryl, she said the concealed carry weapons permit that we have in Arizona, I don't like to use the word weapon. So we've changed it to concealed carry, uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> right nice. so concealed carry whatever yeah we we uh we have that discussion a lot about the the use of words and we feel like well weapon sounds like something like you're using in a in an offensive way you know and so we're just it's a gun it's a firearm and so then i said well what are you going to do with the w and ccw and he goes okay concealed carry whatever so i love I it. like that i like that you know and when you teach an nra class you're not allowed to use the w word because of mm. the negative connotations you use pistol, handgun, or whatever, because I'm, I'm a disciple of Masad Ayub. Even when police reports are written, the bad guy came at me with his weapon, and I drew my duty firearm. Mm -hmm. Right. So yours sounds more righteous than the weapon. So, Absolutely. But we, when, we, when we do NRA instructor courses, we put a W bucket in the front of the classroom. Every time an instructor candidate says the W word, they have to put a dollar in, in the bucket. I love so, it. And that's you know, going back 25 years. We have a we have a gun shop with over a thousand guns in it, and we don't use the word weapons, and we do not have any assault firearms either. 
no such thing none. anyway. No, there's Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I just want to touch on when you were talking about, you know, when, when you take somebody out to the range or you invite them to a range or you tell them where there's a range, the idea that they can um, go and, and feel comfortable uh, is so important. And, and to be, you know, dressed up, you mentioned you had three ladies come in who were dressed to the nines and going out to dinner after or whatever. Um, someone like myself, that is so important. And I had not shot in an indoor range ever until maybe a year ago. And it's, I mean, truly, if I am going to train for where I carry, how I carry, because I'm a concealed carry person, I've never open carried, um, I can't go to the, the range dressed in my normal attire, which is high heels and a polka dot dress. You know, um, if I go to an outdoor range, then I have to dress for the Arizona desert. I have to be aware that there are, you know, snakes and scorpions and all kind of other critters out there. And, you know, so the, to train the way that I would use a firearm, I do need a nice, comfortable indoor range. And so, um, that just, just struck me because I had recently taken a, a formalized class out in, in an outdoor range and just wardrobe. I'm, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but it was an issue for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can relate. You know, we have over 5,000 reviews on all the uh, social media platforms. The number one five-star review from females coming to our range is the cleanliness of our bathrooms. It matters, that people. It matters a lot. Clean <laughs> bathrooms matter. I'm crazy about that. We have a clipboard and the maintenance guys have to, every half hour, have to check it and initial it. I'm literally psychotic about the cleanliness. <laughs> I am about the bathroom. So uh, You and I and, could get along good then because when I go to a new restaurant that I've never been to before, first thing I do is check the bathroom. Yeah. If, if it's the not bathroom's clean, dirty, the kitchen's got to be dirty. Right. Yeah. Right. We're out. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about is the word fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now it can cut both ways, right? The, the people that hate our rights, hate our freedoms, they use fear all the time. But right now there, people are afraid because bad guys are being let out of jail, right? We're having riots and looting in our streets. Uh, we don't know what the heck is going on with, you know, the, the future of our, our nation. And so people are afraid and they're, they're realizing they have to be their own immediate responder and so they are they're buying their probably uh, many of them their very first firearm so when when we want to talk about fear i mean we could go in either direction here what do you say about that well you saw that post i did on social media i thought about this for a while and i wrote there's two ways to control an entire population mm -hmm. through force and fear force is legally tricky in the united states you know but fear is an effective tool so people who are frightened to death will generally obey government orders. And as a bonus, they'll savagely attack anyone who doesn't. Like in New York, we saw people getting beat up because they weren't wearing their mask in a food store or something. So they have us so afraid, like with this lockdown and now with the protesters and the looters, it's so much easier to control us. This is like a test run to see how easy it would be to get us comply with all of these unconstitutional executive orders. And all of the socialists and communists are all patting themselves on the back. They're like, yo, A plus, we did this great. The next emergency we have, we're not gonna let that one go to waste. Let's see if we can push it to DEFCON 6 or whatever it is. But on the other hand, what you said, Cheryl, is we do see an awakening where people are like, wait a minute, they're going to defund the police department. There's rioting. Now they're moving the protest into the suburbs for the first time ever. So all of a sudden, these people want guns or something to defend themselves. So I'm going to take Rahm Emanuel's playbook, never let a crisis go to waste. I want to train them all. I want to get them all to join the 2A groups, and I want to get them all on my team. If I can't get them all, I'll take 50%. Absolutely. One of my neighbors, I won't say who, but he's not really a gun guy, but he knows that I have a gun shop. And a couple of days ago, he says, hey, Dan, uh, I heard that uh, might be coming to the suburbs. Uh, are you going to be home? <laughs> I said, <laughs> So, so that was kind of any, any minute. He really was seriously worried that something could happen. So there's that fear word, fear. I'll comply because fear. 
I've gotten emails from from people. Can I lend my handgun to my sister? Can I lend my shotgun to my brother? In New Jersey, that's a no-no. The guns have to be in your home or domicile, wherever your firearms ID card is. But I'm fielding these questions. So for every one person that emails me something like that, there's probably a thousand more thinking that way. Right. Yeah, uh, sorry, right. it's too late, bucko. You know, you, you can't go out and buy a fire extinguisher, go stand in line at Home Depot while your house is burning to the ground. You right. should have thought about this last week, right? Yeah. So, we're, but I don't get short with people. You know, I've answered the same stupid question in 38 years, 5 billion times. One of the reasons why I started a podcast, Cheryl, was because when people ask me questions, I'm like, listen to show 363. So I don't, it, it saves me some typing time. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have to embrace these people. And, and you know, Dan, there's still shopkeepers out there that they get tired of answering the same stupid question and they get short or curt with people and it turns them off. Sure. But, and we can't do that. No, we, correct. Need, we need to make them feel like they're right. They're answering the right, asking the right questions because we need them. And correct. It, they're so easy to turn off if we're, if we don't take care of them because they're new. We, we all forget the first time we walked into a gun store or a gun range, how intimidating it was, male or female. We all forget that feeling. Anthony, I own a gun store. I still am intended, intimidated when I walk into any other gun show, gun store. True. He hates it. I'm, I, I am too. terrified too. by it. Me too. And I don't know why that is. I guess it's because Bubba's going to be back behind the counter. I don't know. But it <laughs> bothers me that I'm that way. And I won't go unless I have somebody with me. I feel the same way. And we have to, and I'm always constantly retraining my staff and telling them, listen, people are going to come in. Are hollow points legal? What's the magazine? What's it? I, you have to answer it with, if you go ah, this question again, you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, you just turned them off. You got to, it's same enthusiasm. Here's my card. Email me with any questions. I know it's a pain in the neck sometimes, but we have to continue to cultivate the next generation of people shooting. When I got into the shooting sports, the average gun owner was 107. I think it's down to about 81 now. So, you know, we oh. got to get it. We got to get it down. We got to get, you know, right. It's a, you, you are a teller of truth, sir. Yes. Are- we have to get that number down. When I have young kids come in in their early twenties and buy a gun and ask me a thousand questions, the last thing I say to them is you give me hope for the future. Yes. That's what I tell them. You give me hope for the future. Yeah, we really do. We hire people uh, who have a teacher spirit. And if you think, you know, teachers, every single school year, they go through the same curriculum, you know, and if if they have lost interest in their curriculum, then they're never going to inspire their students to, to care a whit. And so it's the same thing. We have to stay enthusiastic. We have to be excited that I get to answer this question again, which means that I get to educate. I get to be part of this person's journey uh, into this world that can be so foreign for so many people. It's, it's truly a, a privilege and an honor. So I love that you're teaching your staff to do so that. So I've been in this so long that I'm teaching grandchildren that I taught the grandparents the kids and the grandchildren. I have a a gentleman, he's 74 years old. He's a snowbird. Last year, he came back from Florida and brought his two grandchildren for me to teach. And after we were done, he goes, you taught me and my wife 25 years ago. You taught my two kids 20 years ago. And now you taught my two grandchildren. How'd you do that at 30 years old? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, damn, is that phenomenal or what? You know, uh, yeah. So I love, I, you know, that's a great testament and it's just invigorating to hear. That's what stuff like that keeps me going, you know, Absolutely. Uh, the, the negative attacks from the media and that I'm everything that they say they are. That's okay. I go home at night with a clear head. I'm good. I'm oh, good. For sure. And um, we've themed our show today after the name of your range and the name of your podcast, Gun for Hire. And I see your banner there behind you, Gun for Hire. Where did that name come from? Because that's a little provocative. Right? It's very pro- provocative, and the eye is shot down in a pool of blood. I have a tattoo oh. on me. Oh, wow. Uh, that's awesome. I started as Firearms Training Center in 1992, and then in 2006, I heard of a, um, a company, a film production company in a city called Gun for Hire that went out of business, and I waited until their website was available, and I bought it. And uh, I asked my art guy to come up with a, a logo that didn't look like a wanted poster, and he came up with the gun for hire with the eye shot down representing the bad guy. 
And every legal and to a person I showed it to said, do not do it. I did it. And uh, <laughs> I, I think you know, that sums you up right there. It's like, yes, tell me only, what I'm not supposed to do. Here we go. Cheryl tells me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do that? Don't, don't listen, babe. Don't listen to Anthony. Go on, Anthony. So only, dead, only dead fish go with the flow. Sorry. <laughs> ah, I like Sorry. it. So I, I did it and uh, I showed the logo to ordinary people and they were like, ooh, that's rough. Can I get a t-shirt? Do you have a sweatshirt? <laughs> so, you know, it's cool. It's edgy. It infers like a hitman or, or a you know, bounty hunter. People don't forget it. So, yes, I've gotten a lot of attacks for it, but we sell a hell of a lot of merchandise with that logo on it. So I'm not going not gonna to argue with it. But, yeah, you'll never forget it. So For sure. And, I mean, that's full commitment. When you've tattooed it on your arm, that is – you're not going anywhere. That, that brand is around forever. Gun Freedom – I no, don't, no. I don't have any ink. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, so one other thing that I wanted to ask you about that I keep seeing on your um, social media is your quarantine crawl. And this looks to me like such a, you know, a service to, to your community and a shout out and a support of other small business people. And I mean, it just, it does my heart such good uh, when I see people doing that for one another, um, just for the sake of doing it. So talk to us about your quarantine crawl. Move over Guy Fieri from Food Network. Anthony's here now. <laughs> it's not all food though. So I normally work about 80 hours a week, seven days a week. I live a mile from the range. So when the quarantine started, I had nothing to do. So Matt is my art director. He says to me, he goes, why don't you go to like a local business and do a video to, that's still open to support them? So I slept on it. And the next day I come up with quarantine crawl. So in New Jersey, Dan, you don't know what this is. In New Jersey, we have a thing called closet gun owners. Because if you, if, if you come out as a gun owner, if you're a dentist, you'll lose half your business. Yeah. Okay. If you're a school teacher, you can't come out as a gun owner at all. The principal will make sure you get fired. So uh, I've been, for years, people are asking me, we should have a two-way directory. So I made a video directory. First thing I did was I went through like my Rolodex. Anybody under 50, I just said Rolodex. <laughs> Is uh, that the thing you wear on your wrist and it tells close. you the time? <laughs> <clears throat> yes, close. And I went and hit all of the businesses, mostly food at first. And then I started getting messages from people. I shoot at your range. I'm a member of the range. I'm an NRA member. Go to Cheryl's place. She makes the best baked goods and she shoots at your range. So, so far I've crawled 150 businesses Wow! in 13 nice. weeks. And I have about 40 more on my list to hit. And it's, it's blown up. And I posted on all the social media platforms and there's a YouTube page, gun for hire forward slash crawl. So now I'm getting messages from people you know, I hit the three restaurants over here. I did this. I have the bakeries call me up and say, 30 people came in my place last week and mentioned the quarantine crawl. That's awesome. So um, it's keeping me busy and I'm keeping it in a family and creating a directory. I hate to give, and this is something all of you and your listeners have to think about. I don't want to give $10,000 to a roofer who's going to take some of the profits and donate it to some Bloomberg organization. As a gun range owner, it's one of the first questions I ask with any product or service. Nice. Some people can't do that. But I want to know, Dan, before I give you my money, I don't want a thousand of it going to take my guns away. Right. So, I want, so I want to keep it in the family. So the quarantine crawl has completely taken a life of its own. And it's wonderful. And uh, every day it gives me something to do. I wake up in the morning. You guys aren't familiar with New Jersey, but I wake up and my girlfriend's like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, well, I'm going to Sussex County, Edison and Millstone. She's like, that's like 200 miles. I'm like, what else do I have to do? <laughs> so I take a ride out. The other good thing is a lot of these people have been supporters of Gun for Hire in the range for years. I've never visited them in their environment. I only get to see them in my environment. It's pretty cool awesome. to go yeah, and see metal, metal fabricators, machinists, car restoration companies, and a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the food. Holy cow. Yeah. Now, that is so tremendous. Um, I was on the, uh, I was the chair of the local uh, chamber of commerce, and I've been on the board there for several years. I've just recently just timed out. And that idea of, you know, just doing a social media 
um, spread of some sort that, you know, every time you visit a place and you give them a shout out, um, it, it was one of those ideas that it's like, it's, it's a good idea, but it's just a matter of enacting it. And I don't think we ever really did it to the degree that we ever could have, but here you're one guy, right? <laughs> and you're out there and you are connecting people in a way that they would have never connected before. And I think that, um, I feel like that is a metaphor just for our second amendment community when we're not in fighting is uh, we're a very, we're a very uh, open group of people. We love to introduce people to each other. I mean, that's my candy. I, when I get a chance to, you know, just connect two people and then walk away and see whatever their synergy creates. I, that's amazing to me. And, and look at you, you're doing it all over New Jersey. That could be a national gig for you. Uh, there we go. You know, I've been saying this for a hundred years now. Gun people are the best people. Mm-hmm. We really we truly are. are. Regardless really of what are. the media portrays us, gun people are the best people. Here's, here's a good analogy. In all my years, if I'm shooting in the range, before I owned the gun range, and I'm shooting in 1911, and the guy in the port next to me asked me what I'm shooting. I never met him before. First thing I'll say is, oh, it's an old uh, 1911. You want to try it. I didn't ask him his sexual persuasion, his color or religion or anything. Dan, how many times have you done that? Cheryl, how many times have you let somebody shoot your gun? I have gone out to the desert to shoot, took a bunch of people out to shoot and never shot a gun. Everybody else shoots them. Yeah, I'm just there to help them. And there's, I get more enjoyment out of that than actually shooting the gun myself. Yep, me too. Me too. Yeah. Gun people are truly the best people. But you know, you know, many years ago, it wasn't that way. When I was uh, brought up, we were told, don't say you have guns in the house. Mm. Because we're worried about theft. Correct. And, and then even when we first got our gun shop, we, we had a gun shop and an auction house. And we'd go to events and we'd say, we have an auction house and a gun store. And kept that quiet. We were, it's not like we were ashamed of it. We weren't, but we felt like we were. And now the first thing we do when we go anywhere, we have a gun shop and an auction house. And we're proud of it. And if you don't like it, well... That's okay. And that's really on you. It's kind of great because we need to voice. We need to bring our voice because they're doing it and they're doing it very strong. This anti-gun stuff. They're, they're not afraid to embarrass themselves. They're not afraid of nothing. They, they're not, they don't have the facts. They don't care. Right. They just don't care. So there's why we have to sound out. And as in Arizona, you don't say, did you come out of the closet with guns? You say, how many guns do you have in your closet? That's what you do now. See, now we have to have closet gun owners because in New Jersey, when you apply for a permit, the police chief sends a letter to your employer saying you're applying for a gun permit and they want a reference and stuff. So I've had women who like work in the school systems in the inner city saying my principal is anti-gun. If he finds out I applied for a gun permit, I'll probably get fired. Yes, that's how discriminatory so, we are in New so, Jersey. So they can't buy a gun because they don't. So they can't. They can't buy a gun. They're afraid of losing their job what, and their pension. Yep. What business does my employer have to do with me owning a gun or not? That's the New Jersey gun scheme. We gotta. We gotta fix that. This King we Richard. Did you that. say his name was King? King Philip. King Philip. King Philip. Okay. Yeah, he he needs to be voted out, and yes, somebody completely different and and that's the thing is even if we vote one out the next one that comes in is just kind of a, a different version instead of a zebra with black and white stripes it's a zebra with white and black stripes. why don't why don't you just say first thing before they even apply for the rights to run say uh do you know the constitution make yeah. sure that it is not above their pay grade yeah that's it's the first the, thing it's all about oh my gosh I can't believe he wouldn't have locked him out of his out of the door when he said that on the news. Why is he even allowed to come back? Because he was voted in by all of the union members, the uh, six hundred thousand union members in New Jersey that he promised. See, free stuff always wins over freedom. Oh, yeah. So, so that's yeah. how he got. He bought the election. He was a Goldman Sachs guy from Massachusetts. He moved here a year before the election, like Hillary Clinton did in New York State. He looked for a seat that was opening up. And he moved into the state a year before. I call him a carpetbagger. So, yep. uh, you know, so he came in and he he threw money across the Democratic uh, committee in New Jersey. And the front runner, the Senate president, Steve Sweeney, who used is a Democrat who used to be an A-rated NRA politician. He had to bow down because Murphy threw $16 million out to the Democratic committee in New Jersey. 
So he bowed out. So Murphy bought the election mm, and promised the unions everything and free weed. We were going to legalize marijuana too. So he got all the people that the weed people to vote for him. And he won by about 130,000 votes out of 9 million people. Well, he's a super arrogant sounding person on the Oh yeah. He's very arrogant. Very arrogant. Him on, which is not a quality of a public servant, which is who we're supposed to be electing with or hiring with our votes. But, uh, no, maybe there will be a reawakening through this and people will. And, and union workers, I mean, a lot of union workers are gun owners. And so I don't know how they wouldn't have sniffed, or at least here in Arizona, I don't know how they wouldn't have sniffed that out early on. But like you said, free stuff wins out you know, over freedom. You know what they don't realize? If they get a $5,000 a year raise, all cost of goods goes up $5,000 a year. So- you know, nobody right. really wins. Right. Yeah. Hunker yeah. down, take take one for the team for an election cycle or two, and let's try to get back on a better path. But here it. we are. I hope so. Well, Anthony, I learned on an earlier show, and I didn't realize this till till then that so you're you if you're running as a politician, say Anthony, you're gonna run as a politician and you raise money in New Jersey to become that politician, you know, to, to run, that the Washington DC sends money to and there was one they said they raised nine hundred thousand dollars but washington dc sent three hundred thousand dollars to kirkpatrick mm -hmm. in here in arizona and kirkpatrick here and in kirkpatrick arizona. and so, so how do you have a chance money, yeah. that's outside money from washington that is controlling us just like they did with you guys they control new jersey now so Correct. they do it one at a time it's scary it's scary Really we have 1.4 million people on unemployment in New Jersey out of 9 million where we were 12 weeks into this pandemic and they've, they voted uh, the tolls, the roads raised the toll roads, 37% increase during this. And when Phil Murphy was asked about it at a press conference, he told the reporter, it is what it is. Oh my gosh. It's above his pay grade. It's yes. The, the hubris is overwhelming. You know, it's, 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 it's overwhelming. It's awful. Well, thank you for being there. Thank you for doing what you're doing and to encourage others and every business that you go and support and the people that you connect, I know you've got to be uh, influencing them at least at some level. It, you know, it's like a, a pebble in a pond. You know, each little ripple yes. matters. It really does. And um, I think you're, you're creating maybe some tidal waves there, uh, Mr. Gun for Hire. So I, I love soon. it. Food <laughs> Network pretty soon. I he's love got, it. He's got me all riled up. For sure. For sure. Well, just Good. as we start closing out, which we could stay here and talk all day, uh, and we definitely have to have you back on again soon, but how do people follow all the work that you do, uh, check out your quarantine crawl, um, you know, join some of these organizations that you're talking about that you represent and that you're a member of, just anything you want to share with folks? Sure, I'm easy to find if you Google my name, Anthony Calandro, but gunforhire.com or gunforhireradio.com. You can find me on every social media platform when I'm not in uh, prison uh, for Twitter or link. I just got out of LinkedIn and Twitter prison. My oh account my is gosh. still locked in Twitter. Uh, people can't retweet my stuff, but they can see my stuff. Uh, I get accused of you know hate speech and stuff for speaking the truth, but. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody that owns a gun should join the major two-way organizations and whatever state you live in, you need to belong to your state affiliate. And if they're smaller uh, pro two-way affiliates or organizations, you need to join them, support them, get active at the grassroots level. Cheryl said it earlier, if you stop something before it goes out of the state level, and we don't have to wait three years to see if the Supreme Court's going to pick it up. Unity and activism is key. Absolutely. Anthony Calandro, Gun for a Hire, thank you so much for all you do and for the time you've spent with us here today. You're welcome. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. You know, when I go to New Jersey, I'm going to go have a pizza with him at like midnight. <laughs> Heck yeah. Just to be able to do it. Now, he did say Greek diners. Now, I know Greek, Greek food pizza? is not your favorite. No, but... I, I would eat. Well, wait. I love it. I love it so much. Oh, so Greek much food. garlic. That's the food that you eat on Monday. You still taste it on Friday. It's so good. Oh, I forgot about that. It's yeah. amazing. No, it's, it, it is. I, I have nothing against Greek food. It's just I don't eat it.
Yeah. All right. Well, we really, we took a longer time with Anthony than I planned to, but where could we, I mean, it was so important. We need another hour. With him. We absolutely do. And we're yeah. definitely going to have him back on again. Um, but just before we dive out, I did want to touch on an article that um, I texted it to you, Dan, before the show. Um, maybe you can pull it up faster than I can, but it's talking about, you know, all the millions of new gun owners and uh, the NSSF reported in that article, which was in... Well, 40% of these gun sales have been the first time, 40%. So my 25% is off. Well, yeah. And whether we're only seeing 25% or we're just, you know, so busy, we can't keep I just, I can't. I, it's a guess, but right? I wanted to be, I wanted to be, you know, modest yeah. with it. Um, wow. So this article is in secondamendmentdaily.com. And it goes on to say that um, 800,000 women bought their first gun in 2020. We should have saw that vision come in 2020. Oh, nice. I see what you did there. 800,000 women. Do you know what that means? That there's 800,000 guys, husbands, that boyfriends. can now buy more guns. Yeah, boyfriends, yeah. Um, yeah. sons, uh, you know. Oh. What, whatever that um, truly wh what the the women get involved in, they involve their friends, oh, right? We're very social creatures. Yes. Uh, go to the bathroom together, go buy guns together. You know, we, we do all that. Um, guys don't go to the bathroom. No, they don't do that. No, no I do, they don't. Not women sometimes. To, what do women do when they go to the bathroom together? Truly, this is not funny. Truly, it's a safety measure. Right, because you're in a very vulnerable place in a very vulnerable position, yeah. and um, a lot of bad things can happen in in restrooms, public restrooms, and so it's a it's a safety thing. At least that's what we tell you guys. But we're in there talking about you. Okay, that was the truth bomb that I just dropped. But anyway, yeah, I kind of figured that. <laughs> All right, well, we've got to get out of here. Um, Man, that was a great conversation. And thank I, you to all our guests, and thank you to all our listeners. Ooh, all right. What else? What what other line goes here, babe? On the radio, or what you tell me after the radio? <laughs> On the radio. On the radio. Oh, pray for our nation. Well done. Yes. Pray for our leaders. The leaders or the representatives? Well. It depends. We don't really have a lot of representatives right now. We have more leaders than we have representatives, I think. Well, at least on one side. Rulers and some right, of our rulers. Places, but, but your line is all of them. No, that's, I did their, I did your line. You have to do it. I know, but then my line is. All of them? I say to myself, no. all of them? <laughs> You're supposed to say all of them, Cheryl. Oh, all of them, Cheryl? Even the ones you don't like. Even the ones you don't like? Especially. Hey guys, thank you for uh, tuning in. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a great week.